shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark. Oh, Eric serenading us right away. I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. All right, there we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another live edition of the Take It Easy Sports Show. My name is Zach Elvira, and as always, I'm joined by my uh, my serenading co-host Eric Newman. Um, Eric, it's been a whole what has it been two days since I've seen you because I actually went up to Flagstaff, which we'll get into a little bit more. Um, yep. You know, man how how have you been? Good. Um, one thing that we talked about when you were in Flagstaff, we saw the um, NAU Lumberjacks take on the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. NAU ended up winning, scored a team uh, season high fifty nine points. But completely unfootball related, we talked about the term sheesh and how <laughs> I am so tired of people going sheesh. It's not funny. It's not original. Sheesh used to be something that like elderly people said until I don't even know how it started. Like, did was it like a rap song or like a TikTok or something I, like that? Bro, I couldn't tell you, but I, I no, had to adjust the time my you head. You just hear a bunch of kids going sheesh about everything. Yeah, but I had to adjust my headphones, and now they're not like fitting in my ear properly because that was so loud in my ear. Um, and on that funny. note, on I get that note, when, sheesh when there's something actually worthwhile, but like just to do all the time, sheesh, you sound like a moron. And I'm talking to you if you the audience say that unnecessarily you are a moron. I don't care if you're a good listener. I don't care if you've been with us since episode one, you are a moron. I'm talking directly to you there. Let's start the yeah. episode. Are yes. you done now? You're, you're yes. done. Are you sure? You sure? Cause I'm, yes. I'm still adjusting. I can't, you know, yes. I'm All right. Yelling that. All right. With that being said, once again, welcome into another episode. Uh, for those of you that are joining us live, obviously, thank you. Uh, make sure to either log in with your Facebook and drop a comment and we can read it. I've got them pulled up here. Nothing yet, of course, because we literally just went on air. Um, and for those of you, oh, not only that, but you can also send either of us a DM. I think both of us have our Twitter accounts open right now. So uh, if you send us a DM, we'll check it. Questions, comments. Uh, we are going to be going over, obviously, the scores like we do every every week. Uh, so last week's scores, I think we're going to do a little bit different because we're not just going to run through every single one. We're just going to go through the top 10 teams for each, yeah, basically each conference and see how they did last week. And then that will turn into a conversation that everybody probably will want to comment about, and that is the open division um, and the rest of the conference rankings for that matter and kind of... I mean, really where we think it's going to end or how we think it's going to end up, uh, what we think about it currently, things like that. So please uh, jump in either of our inboxes on Twitter, sign in with your Facebook account and uh, interact with us. And we'll, like I said, we can answer your questions live on air. I can throw them up on the screen. So uh, I say live on air, live on Twitter. And, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, throw them up kind on of the air. screen. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking about getting like a little red light and putting like on air, like right there. Yeah, kind of just annoying. Well, it'd be really annoying because it'd be like just a blinding red light. Just you yeah, know, that's but true. Anyway. <laughs> you have to pick the right one. 
I do have one comment about you were saying send us DMs, comments, and questions. If anybody sends me sheesh as a DM and they think they're being clever, I'm going to block you. I'm not kidding. I'm going to go send you that right now. Okay, then you will have one less Twitter follower. Darn. Okay. Um, (laughs) I'm not uh, kidding. So once again. Don't be cute. Okay, for the final time, thank you for joining us live. However, if you are listening to the pre-recorded version, aka the podcast version, basically how we used to do this show, you probably notice a little bit different intro music. Um, Eric and I are going to switch things up a bit. Um, Eric and I are both young, whether you guys believe it or not, and we probably listen to the same music that a lot of you guys do. And I'm by you guys, I'm talking to basically high schoolers because this is mostly a high school sports show. Um, we're going to get a little creative. We're gonna we're gonna switch things up a bit. Um, yep. You know, we switched things up on episode sixty four, and now we're switching things up again, episode sixty five, with the podcast version of this. I think it's going to be somewhat fresh. I think it's going to be something new, and usually Eric and I will be able to drop hints on what song we're going to use for the intro. Of course, instrumental. Uh, We don't know what we're going to do yet. That's something him and I still have to talk about. And then we have even more changes coming up in the future. Uh, We just haven't been able to um, get that done, but it's going to be really cool. So uh, thank you all for joining us, Eric. Let's jump right into it. Um, First off the games that you and I were at last week, I will let you start. We'll start there and then we'll go into some of the top 10 scores for each conference. And then obviously continue on with the show which includes jacob saliga tonight who uh put up a a a spicy article on arizona varsity if anyone wants to go read it i believe he's about to tweet it out uh about deandre ayton and that whole situation so we'll get to that later eric what games were you at last week so i went to um actually a really awesome game on friday night between coconino and prescott um Coconino had been unbeaten in the region for, for several years. Um, I was talking to their defensive back, kind of the stud of their defense, Andy Ruiz, a corner. Um, and he was saying they, until that game, they hadn't lost in the region in his, um, his career. Um, it was a back and forth game. Prescott ended up winning 34, 28 in overtime. Um, Cody Leopold, the awesome running back for Prescott, scored the game-winning touchdown after they got a stop. Um, and, yeah, that was it. It was – Prescott's a really, really impressive team right now. I think that if these two teams were to play again, it would be really even again. Um, and both of them are going to be solid seeds heading into 4A playoffs if their streaks continue. But it was a lot of fun. Right on. Um, I saw, if you want to count NAU, I saw three games this weekend. Sure. Um, a lot of times that's how it is anyway, when I'm covering ASU or, um, you know, for example, I'm doing, I haven't decided actually on a Thursday game yet this week, uh, but Friday, um, I guess to announce it now I'll be at Highland Basha. Um, and then Sunday, actually I am covering the Cardinals against the Texans. So that'd be a lot of fun. Um, Big game that's at, happening Thursday. I know it's not your region, yeah. but, um, Ironwood against Sunrise Mountain, a rematch of the 5A championship from last year is a Thursday game. I'm, I'm guessing See, you're not going to head all the way out to Peoria, but... It, it depends because it, if, if I decide to, I guarantee Chile is going to say that I need to uh, essentially <laughs> drive him because he doesn't like to drive <laughs> for some reason. Uh, Chile, if you're listening, you know it's true, so you can't even say anything. Um, speaking of Chile, he just sent me... Oh, man, you're going to hate me for this. I'm going to buy it for you. 
It, I, it's 30 bucks. If I buy that for you, you have to wear it. Like I said, I was at Mountain Point Basha last week. Right. Um, well, you're really serious about that. Um, you know, Basha is Basha. Basha is talented. They're a great team. There's no doubt about that. I just, and I have, I actually had them at number three in my open rankings. Um, I think my open rankings actually changed up a bit this week. Um, a lot of people sim- did. Simply because, and not, I'm not talking about what happened, but like just for the sake of Basha and Highland, for example, those two teams were obviously neck and neck initially, and they're still neck and neck right now. We'll get into what the actual rankings are in a second. But, um, you know, Basha, first off, Mountain Point had their best offensive drive I've seen all season from them in the opening quarter of that game. Literally, the second that that game began, they had a phenomenal offensive drive. Amir Williams, um, Devin Sparks, Jalen Rushing, Chris Arvizo, Amir Boyd, Terrion Rowe, Jordan Huff, uh, Isaiah Ice Robinson. That, that's a talented Mountain Point team. There's a reason they're four and three. And honestly, they in reality should be probably five and two or maybe even six and one. Uh, they were without Chris Arvizo. That Castile game was tough, though, to say that that would have been a win for them. But um, I yeah, really think they stayed in that game. Yeah, they should have beat Perry at the very least. Um, but anyway, Mountain Point came out firing. Kind of smacked Basha in the mouth, to be completely honest. Yeah. I think it kind of caught Basha off guard a little bit. And then, you know, the second that Mountain Point thinks that it has all the momentum in this game, 98-yard kick return from Cole Martin. Such a game changer there. Why? If there's any teams listening, why do you kick to Cole Martin? Why? Why even do a squid? Squid the ball. Kick it out of bounds. Get yeah, it take, the, let, take, let, let him, the let him take it at the 35. Let him take yeah, it at the, the 35 because it's it's much better than giving up seven. So yeah. or six, technically. Um, yeah, no, anyway. Basha from there kind of went on to I don't want to say Basha dominated because honestly, Mountain Point shot itself in the foot and could have been in that game a lot closer than they actually were. Um, but regardless, I even told Chris McDonald this after the game. I wasn't that impressed by Basha. I think they've had better games. I think they need to play better if they want to compete for an open division championship. I think they have to play better if they don't want to get smacked in the mouth by probably the most physical team they're going to see all year in Highland this Friday. Agreed. I really think, honestly, I th- at first, I thought Highland had no chance in this game. I think Highland can beat Basha. I really do. Yeah, yeah I, I would be surprised if they win, but not. It wouldn't be an absolute like it'd be a yeah. it'd be an upset and it'd be surprising, yeah. but it wouldn't be otherworldly crazy. Like Highland's a yeah. solid team. Yeah, exactly. And you know our friend Chris Grid uh, Chris Eaton Gridiron Arizona. Um, you know he. Uh, he put in the forums today on ArizonaVarsity.com. If you want to go check out all the forums, we all um, kind of interact with some of the Ocho stuff and and weekly pickums. So go check that you out. Actually, get legitimate um, opinions from me on there. I don't really do yeah. that on Twitter. I don't like arguing with that. Is true, people, but that is um, true. Um, but he uh, he put in there that he thinks this is going to be the first game for that Highland team that they're going to get blown out in. And then basically get blown out again against Hamilton and Chandler. I really don't think so. Highland hasn't played up to Highland standards the last two, maybe even three weeks. If you go back to that first half against Desert Vista. But in reality, this Highland team is still one of the best in the state. And they're going to be in the open division no matter what. If they're not, then you can pretty much, I think, honestly, give them a 
give them and whoever else you want, just put them in the championship game for 6A. I agree. Um, um, so without yeah. the human committee, it might be tough. You know, if they do end up losing those three games yeah. at seven and three, the computer might not put them in the open. But yep. I I agree with you. Even if they lose those, they probably are still one of the top eight teams yeah. in the percent. A hundred percent. Whether it works out um, that way or not, we can't predict though. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Friday, I saw Saguaro overcome a lot of adversity against Sierra Canyon from California. Um, I don't care what Sierra Canyon's record is. That was a good program. They're a good um, team. They're a good team. That that was still a top five team in Southern California. I don't care what their record shows. They lost to some of the top teams in the nation. So uh, Saguaro, unfortunately, Zacchaeus Cooper um, and Derek English, they both went down with knee injuries. I don't know the status of either one. I will say Derek's looked a lot worse. Um, it was a non-contact type of thing. He tried to spin, then tried to cut, and immediately went down and grabbed his knee. Uh, really hoping for the best for him. Um, I mean, even, you know, they, they had a couple other injuries too, so really hope that Saguaro team can, can you know, kind of rebound. And they've got a big one this week against Horizon, so they yeah. need they need everyone to be healthy. I covered both of those two kids, talked to them a few times because they were both on West Valley teams last year. Um, And I was impressed by obviously the skill of both of them, but um, you know, both of them were really nice kids too. The coaches really had a lot of good things to say about them. I wonder um, with the transfer thing, obviously this can't be the reason, but when you transfer and miss the first five games, I wonder if it makes it so like, you know, everybody's bodies are used to that game speed and everything like Mm -hmm. that. Is it, could it be that, when you have to sit out those games and then the first one comes and everybody's already at full speed and everything, it's hard to catch up. Obviously I mean, part of it's just being a freak injury and it just happens. Sometimes, yeah. But I mean, I that, wonder if that yeah. sitting ends up hurting every once in a while. It is possible, I guess. I mean, I think they're, pra- they're allowed to practice. So of I would course, imagine that yeah. they're practicing. Um, but there's nothing but, to really replicate game speed and game hits. No, hundred percent. Like no, 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 no. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I think what's going to be really interesting going forward is how, uh, how Devin Dampier and Ridge Dutch are used, uh, yeah, Ridge, definitely. Ridge had 100% total command of that offense on Friday. Um, Devin obviously is an athlete. He got his time. He had his moments, but I mean, he just. In all honesty, it feels like whenever they were in, whenever he was in the game, Sierra Cannon brought the house, and he was just swallowed up in the backfield. Now, Ridge was, too, on several occasions because Sierra Cannon was that good. They're um, a good defense, but, especially. Yeah, but and even, even Jason Mon said it after the game, throwing Devin after sitting him five games to the Wolves like that, or in this case, to the Trailblazers from Sierra Canyon, that's a tough game to come off of. Absolutely. Not playing for the first five. So I think... I think they're going to be fine. And once they do, and even Jason said this to me too, once they get both of those guys going, that offense is going to be very hard to stop, especially with Javen Jacobs. He can do everything for them. And he did. They've got so much talent there. It's crazy. All right, Eric. Uh, We do have someone who replied to the stream. I had to look on. I got a notification. Luckily, I saw it. Um, William asked, what predictions do you have for Eastmark for finish of the regular season leading to playoffs? We will get to that in just one second because we're about to go over uh, some of the scores from 2A, and then we'll jump into uh, rankings after that. So uh, just to start, and then Saliga, if you're on, we'll probably bring you on around like 9.15, actually. Um, But basically, um, you know what, actually, Eric, do you want to? No, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. So 
looking at some of the scores, Parker, number one team right now in 2A. I was going to switch it up, but we shouldn't do that. Uh, Parker, the number one team in 2A, they rolled to another victory, 48-0. to um, Arizona Lutheran, currently number two, rolled 59-16 to over NFL yet. Uh, we're looking at Benson, 42-7 to over Marincy. There's, there's a theme here when it comes to these 2A teams. Um, Gilbert Christian, uh, very, very close win over a good Santan charter team. One that has a ton of transfers, basically a brand new team, 42, 31 in favor of the Knights. That's a big win for Gilbert Christian to stay at the, within the top four. They're their top four right yeah. now. Um, Wilcox stayed undefeated. Uh, they took on trying to find it really quick here. Actually, I can't find it for some reason. Uh, Wilcox stayed undefeated. There's too many teams, man. I'm trying to like, I tried to organize it, but I tried to organize it, but it didn't even work. Maybe they didn't even play. I really don't even see Wilcox at all. They might've had a bye week. Um, anyway, uh, moving on down the list. We're looking at Pima who took on, I don't see Pima either. <laughs> Tell you what, Eric, we're going to switch it up again. We're not going to just go top 10. Antelope Union, 49 to 6 over Madison Highland. This is going to be a lot easier this way. Camp Verde, 68 22 over Highland Prep. Chandler Prep rolled to a win over Glendale Prep. Uh, that was 54 to 16. And Arete Prep, 55 14. So moving forward with the 3A conference, Eric, uh, we're almost to the point where we're going to start talking about. A um, couple of your your teams here again, probably. Um, ALA Ironwood, a close one. 31-30 over Santan Foothills. That that looked like it was going to be a really good game, or it had to be a really, really good game out there. Um, Odyssey Institute, 45-14 over Cortez. Coolidge beat twenty beat Florence 27-17. to uh, That was a game, actually, that Kevin McCabe and Sandy were at. And Kevin was telling me that, um, you know, in Florence that weekend, I heard it was kind of a nightmare to get down there because at the same time was Country Thunder. And yeah, from what I tough. read, from what I read, last year's tickets, which obviously was canceled because of COVID, were allowed in. So they expected like 140,000 people to attend Crazy. Country Thunder this year. That's unreal. I've yeah. been once. I was not impressed. Um, Odyssey Institute, by the way, in its 45-14 win over Cortez, got its first mm -hmm. victory of the season. So good on the That was their first one? Weren't, they were pretty good last year, weren't they? They they didn't play last year, but the year before oh, that's they were right, a playoff that's right. okay. team. That's um, right. Okay, they were one of the teams that got canceled. But for yeah. about two or three years, they were the top of their region um, and were a playoff team every year. Got it. Okay. Uh, Catholic continued to roll. Well, actually, they didn't even roll this one. Twenty nine twenty six, a close one over River Valley. That one was played all the way up in uh, in uh, Havasu. I believe it is where River Valley is. That that's far. That's a far drive for them. Uh, yeah, Round Valley fifty-one to seven over Estrella Foothills. Push Ridge thirty-eight fourteen over Safford and ALA Gilbert North rolled over Thatcher forty-nine fourteen. Valley Christian, which we'll get to those two teams in just a second, um, beat Arizona College Prep fifty-four to six. Oof, that's a brutal one. So going back to the question we got from was his name William? You said yep. Yep. William. Um, Eastmark is now five and three. Yep. They had a 45 to seven win over Sourita. Um, mm -hmm. They're ranked 13 right now. Um, yep. They've won three in a row. All three of them have been by several scores. The closest was a 13 point win at Coolidge on October yep. 8th out of the three. And they've got two games coming up at Santan Foothills and versus Florence. Both of those teams have losing records. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. you think at, at five and three, 
Eastmark would be favored in those two games. Yeah. So there's a real likelihood they go seven and three and are in the playoffs uh, to answer the question. Yeah. I think even if they go one and one, six and four would probably be enough to still get them in. Um, they're going to have to be most likely, you know, in the in the double digit seed. So they'll have to go on the road for the first game in the yeah. playoffs. But I think that it's a. I mean, Eastmark's still a really young program, and if they are able to get there, that's impressive mm-hmm. for a team like that. And you know, just it's a good, it's a good foundation being set. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have Scooter Molander, who is a legendary coach here in the Valley or in Arizona in general. Um, so yeah, I I do think you know Eastmark wins out there in the playoffs. Now, granted, how far can they climb with two wins over teams like you mentioned, Eric, with losing records? That is what. I'm a little skeptical about. I don't know if they can even get to the top 10 with those type of wins. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's the strength of schedule is going to go down because of those. Yeah. Um, what what really is helping them, though, I will say, is despite it being 41-14, is that loss to Post and Butte. Because right now, Post and Butte's the number one team in 4A if you take out the the four uh, yeah. the open division team. Yeah, that strength that, of schedule is making helping. such a big difference for them. Yeah. That's helping them a lot. Uh, looking at some of the 4A scores, ALA Queen Creek, 64-14 over Marcos. We'll get to ALA Queen Creek in just a second. Um, Post and Butte, speaking of the Broncos, 56-37 uh, over a good Apache Junction team. That's kind of one of those like Far East Valley you know, rivalry games. I like that yep. one. Um, Cactus, we said it already. If Cactus loses a game, it's because they actually lost on purpose at this point. 46-0 <laughs> over Greenway. Um, Carl Hayden, 48-14. They beat the Criminals. And let's see, Casa Grant continued to roll 48-0 over Sahuaro and Mesquite 49-26 over Seton Catholic. Um, let's see, any other ones? Glendale, 48-18 over Moon Valley. Glendale's a good program out there, man. They How about this, a, a classic defensive battle between Lee Williams and Bradshaw. Lee Williams volunteers beat Bradshaw 3-0. to zero. You don't oh, see a score like that, that that often. Jeez. That's crazy. How often do you get no touchdowns in a high school game? Yeah, that's. I'm glad I wasn't covering that game. Um, it was close. Honest. It was close. Yeah, but yeah, but can you imagine how many punts there probably were? I would have been miserable on the punts, line. fumbles, oh, uh, interceptions, missed kicks, um, probably everything. Yeah. Moving on to 5A, uh, Adrian Lara became the all-time 5A passing leader in Desert Edge's win, 33-20 over Ironwood. Horizon continues to roll 45-13. They've got a big one coming up against Suara, like we already mentioned. Um, Apollo, 64-20 over Alhambra. Ever since Apollo got basically obliterated by Horizon, they've bounced back in big ways. And like we all kind of figured, Desert View is a great story. It was awesome. They can say they were in the open division for at least a week, but their dreams came to an end very quickly against South Point Catholic, 48 to zero. Central 56 6 over Maryvale. Notre Dame Prep 15 to zero over Campo Verde. That's one I didn't really expect to see, honestly. Um, And then looking at Desert Mountain 34 to six over South Mountain and Sunrise Mountain, a close one, 22 to 20 over Millennium. Yeah, that's. That looked like a great game out there. No kidding. Um, a and a short week we now for Sunrise Mountain. Absolutely. Yeah, before they yeah. take on the uh, uh, conference and region rivals and school district yep. rivals, Ironwood. A game that we didn't talk about, 
was Canyon View 56 to zero over Kofa. Obviously not that incredible of a game um, in terms of back and forth and everything, but yeah. Canyon View and coach Nick Garrett's their, their first year head coach. there are now four and three after a three game yeah. win streak, the three, and zero in the region. Um, they have three games left uh, independence, Kellis and Agua Fria, all three are at home. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they'll be favored in all three games. There's a real chance that uh, Garrett's and the, in the Jaguars, win the their region um yeah. and are uh maybe even potentially crack that top 16 and yeah. uh in in coach Garrett's first year that would be really impressive that'd be cool that'd be cool for a team out there uh some of the 6a scores i was surprised by this one Williamsfield 24 to 14 over castile um i do believe cj tiller was back but i know two of their top receivers were not there for Williamsfield's a great team though yeah, but two of the top receivers were not there for uh, yeah. different reasons. It just um, talks. It, it it yeah. It goes about their depth. Um, yeah, exactly. And the, the number of athletes they still have. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Brophy Prep, huge one, twenty eight twenty seven over Chaparral. That was that was probably the biggest upset of the week. I would, yeah, I, would def- say. I don't think it's even that yeah. close. No. Not at all. That one wins out for sure. Uh, Tolleson Union, Rich Welbrock continues to roll 56 to 19. Tolleson is on fire right now. Tolleson is a team that honestly, I think they do have to win out. It looks like um, currently they are, oh man, they are number 26 right now. They're number 26 with Westview, Trevor Brown, and Copper Canyon. They have to win out in order to make the playoffs. I think that Trevor they, Brown game on November 5th. That's, that's going to help probably them the most. A, uh, that's an yep. elimination game, most likely. Yeah, that is going to help them the most. Uh, Red Mountain, a close one over Desert Ridge, 14 to 8. Hamilton, 63 to 10 over Desert Vista. They rolled over Desert Vista. Highland, 27 to 12 over Perry. Queen Creek with the. I don't know if we want to call this one an upset. It's but not. Basically, They're both really this, talented teams. This, this score right here, and I know Jacob Celebrity is going to cry about this one. 26 21 over liberty that right there and we will get into this in just one second that catapulted queen creek right up there into basically they are locked in for the open unless something happens i think um even with a loss to chandler they're going to be favored against red mountain against mountain point and against desert ridge the bulldogs barely missed the open last year i know that hurt them i know that's that kind of gave them a chip on their shoulder they lost a lot, but they're right back in there. Travis Sherman is doing a great job with that program. Uh, O'Connor, 49-27 over Shadow Ridge. Skyline, how about this one? Skyline got its first win, and it's sophomore running back. I got to go find the tweet really quick. But it's sophomore running back. Uh, Where is his name? Where is his name? Someone help me out. Jordan Blake. This kid ran for over 200 yards and scored, I think, five touchdowns on the night. Wow. Incredible. And yet he didn't get an Ed Doherty medal. What is wrong with that? Yeah. I don't have an answer for you. I may not go out of protest this year. I may not go because it's a two hour drive. That's true. Uh, Trevor Brown. I don't think there's any Flagstaff area kids that have gotten nominated anyway. Yeah. I mean, he might've gotten a medal. I just didn't see. I know, I know Richard tweeted out like the list. I don't know if that, if that was the entire list though. Uh, but yeah, Trevor Brown, 27, 18 over Westview. So, all right. Trevor Brown is another team. We talked about the, them against Tolleson. Um, I think whoever wins that game likely has a shot at playoffs. Whoever doesn't, doesn't. 
Yeah, um, exactly. And it's, you know, we can argue about the fairness of it and everything, but with mm-hmm. just the way that the rankings are currently, whether you think they're fair or not, or ultra fair or the worst thing in the world, I think that's yep. how it's going to be. Whoever wins that game, if they are able to win out other than that, is it. Yep. Cool. Um, I 100% agree with you. 100%. Uh, going from 3A, we kind of already looked at 2A a little bit. Uh, rankings. These came out just today. Number one, Valley Christian. Number two, ALA Gilbert North. Number three, Snowflake. Following them is Yuma Catholic. Yuma Catholic. God, I you Yuma Catholic, Round Valley, River Valley, Sholo, Push Ridge, Thatcher, Sabino, Safford, Blue Ridge, East Mark, who we already talked about, Winslow, Wickenburg, and Mojave. Biggest game in the 3A conference this Friday. Number one versus number two. I think the winner of this game 100% locks in number one. The loser stays at number two. And eventually those two teams meet in the championship later on. I think yeah, those are the I two agree. best I, teams. Yuma Catholic has a case. Yuma Catholic has a case. But as does Snowflake. Snowflake beat Winslow 55-0 to zero this week. That is true. And Snowflake is the reigning champion. However... Yeah. Valley, the the points that Valley Christian and ALA have been putting up is it's crazy. unreal. And ALA is a team who almost beat ALA Queen Creek, who's a 4A program. Yeah, and one of the best 4A programs, right? Yeah, now. they're an open division team. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It would be surprised. I would not be surprised to see the two of them in the final. I think yeah. if ALA Gilbert North is the one who loses, then they might go down to maybe three or four uh, if Snowflake and Yuma Catholic both win. So it'd be. Yeah. Eight and one as opposed to seven and two, but I don't think they'd fall any farther than that. And so they'd yeah. still have two two uh, home games and then a chance at the semifinals and final. That yeah. that top four is so quality. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, looking at four A, now we take out two top teams. We'll mention them in a second. Uh, number one, Post and Butte. Number two, Prescott, followed by St. Mary's, who by the way has bounced back big time. Yeah, St. Mary's does a great job. They took a beating in, I think, the, what, their first two games or something like that? I'm looking at Yeah, they schedule. lost by 49 yep. and then lost by 20 in their first two and have won four in a row. Four straight wins. Four straight wins. Um, Coconino follows them, Eric. That is that is your uh, your team. Yeah. Uh, Casa Grande. <laughs> uh, then Mesquite, Glendale, Buckeye Union, uh, Apache Junction, Lake Havasu, Greenway, Ben Franklin, Flagstaff, your other team, Deer Valley, Amphitheater, and Canyon Del Oro, I believe is number 16. Yes, they are technically yeah. right now. Um, what are you thinking, A? I mean, this is kind of your your division because these are where both of your teams that you cover, they're in there. What, what's kind of your thoughts on 4A right now? I think that a team that is not currently in that race but has a chance to get back up is number 21 Northwest Christian. They're okay. currently sitting at two and five, yep. but their strength of schedule has been as tough as any in 4A. And they've got three games left. They're not going to beat Cactus unless something no. crazy happens. But they've got Peoria and they've got Greenway. If they can go two and one in that, I think the strength of schedule alone, um, they'd be in that situation, they'd be four and six against some of the best teams in 4A and then also against Valley Christian and Yuma Catholic, solid teams from 3A. I think they might have a chance to sky to to get up into that top 16. Um, yeah. I think part of it depends on whether two teams from the 4A conference end up staying in the open, but mm-hmm. we'll see. I think Coconino 
is a team that um, they had a tough week against Prescott, but they're going to be tough to stop in for a post and Butte's amazing. Um, yeah. I think they're, they're going to be really tough to stop. What's crazy is, oh yeah, there's another one. Cassie what's Grand's crazy. Sorry, well, I was going to say, what's crazy about Post and Butte, though, and I think I mentioned this last week or on Chili's show, but Post and Butte is right now the number one team in 4A if you take out those two other programs because they're in the open division. They got – sorry, Post and Butte, you got obliterated by Cactus. That shows you how good Cactus is. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. I know and I was the crazy. the other loss was to ALA Queen Creek, who is An also – division team. Yeah. So – yeah, I you know now that I think about it, I was I was a I was an idiot not you know not including cactus in my open division rankings for so long. But oh well, whatever. I'm cool they, with that. I feel like I still I feel validated having to still have them. Uh, yeah. They still had to prove it against Desert Edge, and they did. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Nessa Grand is um, probably going to go ten and zero. Um, their strength, strength of schedule, schedule according to the AIA is is tough. So I guess it'll be nine and zero. They had to they had to skip a week. But yeah. um, I think they'll go nine and zero, and they'll be a solid team in four uh, A. But even undefeated, I don't think they'll be in the open. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think they'd want to. I don't think so either. They don't have the depth. I don't think. Yeah. So five um, A rankings. You take out the uh, the one five A team right now, and can you imagine? I mean, if this were the case, if these rankings held true. Somehow, some way, um, you could basically just hand the trophy to Saguaro at that it point. It won't happen that way, though. I know, but it, it'd be funny if it did. Uh, number one right now in 5A currently, for right now, it will change next week, is Saguaro, followed by Desert View and Verado. Then you've got South Point Catholic, Sunrise Mountain, Desert Mountain, Desert Edge, Notre Dame Prep, Marana, who, by the way... Uh, Head coach there was named the Arizona Cardinals head coach of the week. So congratulations to them. Yep. Uh, Millennium, Apollo, Agua Fria, Sunnyside, Camelback, Gilbert, and Sienega rounding out the top 16 right now in 5A. Um, to your point, and this was kind of a conversation on Twitter a lot. Why only one 5A program? One, it's not going to be the case. I think Horizon and Saguaro get in. Um, so there will be two. Obviously, that bumps out either a 4A or a 6A program. For some reason, I still kind of find it hard to believe that AOA Queen Creek will survive in the open division. I do think that I they do get too. bumped out somehow. I think they end up being the top seed in 4A. Yeah, I would agree with that, 100%. Um, 6A. Now, we have five teams from the 6A conference currently in the open division. Right now, if playoffs started tomorrow, we are talking about a number one Liberty team who just two years ago entered the 6A conference as what? the They were the seven seed. The seven seed and won it all. So against number one Red Mountain, right? Yeah, it was yeah. number one Red Mountain. Correct. So, all right, we got five. So I am going all the way to Shadow. Okay, cool. All right, number one, Liberty. Number two right now in, in 6A, if playoffs started tomorrow, would be Brophy Prep. Number three, Chaparral. Clearly, that win for the Broncos over the Firebirds last week played a big role in their rankings today. Or this week, today. Yeah. Um, number four would be Red Mountain. Number five, Pinnacle at three and three. Strength of schedule helping out right there. Definitely. 
Number six would be Mountain View. Number seven, Williamsfield, followed by Centennial, Perry, and then Mountain Point. A four and three Mountain Point team who, again, strength of schedule might be helping them out there. But not only that, they beat Brophy, who is currently, again, the number two seed in 6A. That win is helping Mountain Point right now big time. You have O'Connor following. strength of schedule. And um, O'Connor is a great example of this because they are two and with Perry four. above Mountain Point. Yep. Perry is the well, hardest strength of schedule in 6A at the moment. 100%. 8.434. Eight uh, no. Their strength, has, their strength of schedule is on the right. They have a 19. Oh, I'm, oh I don't see the strength of schedule. I'm looking at the ranking thing. I don't have yeah. that. Yeah, they have, me. out of everybody in the state, uh, Perry's had the hardest schedule so far. So two and five, um, two big wins over Desert Vista and Mountain Point has them in the playoffs at the moment. Well, yeah, four of their loss, five of their losses are to the top five open teams. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, they've got an incredibly difficult schedule. So <laughs> you they're have, being rewarded for that. You have, you have losses to number four, Basha. Number three, Queen Creek. Number two, Hamilton. Number one, Chandler. Number five, Highland. Yep, yeah, of course exactly you're good. Right. Yeah, there you go. Everyone who's you know complaining about why is this team up here? Go schedule hard games. Or actually, I think some people said the AIA schedules the freedom games. So let make the AIA let you schedule your own game. Yep. Um, strength of schedule though. O'Connor coming into play. O'Connor has lost to Chandler, and they've lost to Highland. So, I mean, and they've lost to, wasn't and the other Basha. one? Basha, yep, Basha. And Chaparral, who's a really Chaparral. solid team. Strength, strength of schedule. Um, so, currently, O'Connor would be the 11 seed. Uh, 12 seed would be Castile, 13 Mountain Ridge, 14 Desert Vista, who I highlighted again. Strength of schedule. I put it on Twitter. Uh, they're currently to 14. Desert Ridge, 3 and 4. Strength of schedule, 15. Uh, Boulder Creek would be six. No, sorry. Boulder Creek is 15. Shadow Ridge is 16, followed by Trevor Brown on the outside looking in at six and one at 17 right now. Um, nope. Did I get that wrong? No, I you're Chris right. Eaton. I think Chris Eaton. You're correct, me. Zach. I am correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at that, Eric, I mean, Liberty was an open division team up until it lost to Queen Creek. Yeah, so and I think that's that fair. makes sense. That makes sense that they would be number one right now. Um, I could, I could, I would yeah. not be surprised if any of the, let's say top, probably eight teams are in the final in six A. Yeah, any like, of those teams could win. Even at number eight in this current iteration is Centennial, and if they get hot, they can beat anyone. Exactly. So uh, that brings us to the final open division rankings. Obviously, you already just heard the top, uh, I guess, Highland six, actually. So whatever. Anyway, number one is Chandler. Number two, Hamilton. Queen Creek following its huge win over Liberty. Number three, Cactus. The pride and joy of 4A right now is number four. Number five is Basha. Number six is Highland. Number seven is ALA Queen Creek out of the 4A conference. And number eight is Horizon with Saguaro, Liberty, Post and Butte, and Desert View on the outside looking in the last four teams out. Um, Eric, let's say playoffs started tomorrow. And we do have a uh, a let's go Liberty there. I love it. Um, Whatever. If playoffs started tomorrow, Chandler faces Horizon in the open. Hamilton gets ALA Queen Creek. Queen Creek gets Highland. 
that would be the best matchup, I think, Definitely. in my opinion. Because you have Basha playing Cactus. What better way to welcome Cactus to the open division than the Basha Bears? Than Day-Day Buchanan and Cole Martin. <laughs> than Day-Day Buchanan and Cole Martin and Jeremiah Vessel and, and man, you name it, Wyatt Milkovic, Jackson Browning, uh, James Durand would have a field day, I think, at that offensive tackle spot. Uh, Demond Williams, a star quarterback, Miles Lockhart, uh, Bryson Deadmond. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, that's why I don't think 4A should be in there. But Cactus proved itself. Maybe, maybe Cactus would surprise us. I don't yeah. know. They're physical. So, um, they've proven some good things. I still don't think they'd win, but no. I agree but with you. The three like, six, like our good friend Chili said, like our good friend Chili said, they're still better because they go into the open division and get blown out in the first. They round. are still better than any of the four A teams. Well, a hundred percent. That's not obviously. for dispute. Obviously, so yeah, I know that for a fact. Cactus is the number. If, if Cactus was in the regular four A uh, conference championship, just hand the trophy. They're taking yeah. it. Um, I think teams could give them a run for their money. Like maybe ALA Queen Creek. The only one that Casa would be Grand. up for question is ALA Queen Creek. Casa Grande with Angel Flores? Casa Grande's just not deep enough. I respect that. Okay. Um, I'm going to bring him on. No, I'm not going to bring Jacob Sleeg on because he just moved his camera up. So now I can't see him. Uh, I was going to let him come on and kind of argue about these open division rankings as well because – he was kind of arguing earlier today about Trevor Brown in the 6A. So I'm curious to see how he feels about the Open as it stands right now. So, I think Mr. Saliga, Mr. Celebrity, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well tonight. How y'all doing? Are you sad that good. Liberty's not in anymore? Well, Liberty <laughs> well, Liberty wasn't in the ranked Open uh, Top A last week either. So yeah. I think if they Crazy. had beaten Queen Creek, they would have gotten in, though. 100%. Oh, yeah. If they would have beaten Queen Creek, they're probably up where Highland is right now at number six. Yeah. So, I, um, Jacob, I'm curious to know your thoughts about this. And we are obviously going to get into, um, you know, you and your, uh, your Deandre Ayton piece for the website. Um, but just, just to kind of start, what's kind of your initial thoughts here with the open division? Do you see anybody truly overtaking Hamilton or Chandler? I don't see anybody overtaking Chandler and Hamilton. I mean, We've said it all year. Those two are the, no pun intended, the pinnacle of Arizona high school football right now. You, mm -hmm. those, those are the teams you want to beat. Those are the teams you strive to beat, obviously. But no offense to Queen Creek, Cactus, and Basha, the three teams beneath them. I just don't see any of those three teams overtaking them. I think, I think it would be very interesting to with how the bracket's going to shape out, only because they did confirm that it will be the computer rankings. So seeing a team like ALA Queen Creek, who, yes, they are 6-1, and one, I'm very surprised to see the computer have them at number 7, but the Saguaro team that they lost to is at number 9. That's interesting to me. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I would, if I had to pick, nitpick, the biggest thing is I would put I would switch the seven and nine spots. Um, 100%. I would put Saguaro there and put ALA Queen Creek at number nine. Um, and 
I mean, you could you could argue whether, you know, cactus scissors be four or five or six or whatever um, at the moment. But I think the other seven teams are have earned those spots um, at the moment. So that would be the only nitpick I have. 100%. Jacob, in your opinion, what happens with Suaro on Horizon, let's say, if Suaro wins that game? If Suaro wins, Suaro, I, they're in the open. I mean, they're, Horizon at, let's see, they would be 6-1 and one looking at Horizon's schedule. Probably 9-1. Yeah, because they have Maricopa, Camp, Campo Verde, and Notre Dame Prep. Yeah, I feel like just how the rankings have shaped out, if you are on the AI website or if anybody goes look and goes and looks at it, the gap between the eight and nine spot right now is just a little bit over two points, which it doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot. In That's terms quite of, a bit. Yeah, because the gap between Highland and Basha is close to two points as well, that five and six spot. Yeah. So, I mean, Sawara would probably be up at number eight maybe jump to number seven because of how big that gap is but i would be disappointed if a nine and one horizon team isn't you know at that nine spot isn't you know teetering eight and nine to finish the year Mm because if they are nine and one if they are nine and one every other team beneath them right now besides prescott and verado would have one loss and i'm not counting desert view because no offense desert view they i no offense but i don't have them in this conversation and neither do i have prescott verado i'm just using them for the example yeah. but if that's the- um go ahead eric i was just i was i agree um i think we have at the moment there are nine teams vying for those eight spots and if all if the teams go in the way that we think they will, I think Sawaro makes the jump. Bayalu Creek goes down, and yeah. then you know maybe there's some different order between the um, between the the eight teams, and maybe one team switches from three to five or whatever. But um, I think at the end of it, if it goes this way, then um, it's those eight teams. The only question is Highland if they do lose three in a row, but we'll see. That's you, you see the thing is, is we've seen what those what losses to those three teams though can do and by it'll, those three it'll teams increase I mean, their strength of schedule by a ton which makes Basha, a Basha Hamilton Chandler the reason that Perry's is, is even considered a top ten team right now they're sitting at number nine because their four losses are to four of the top or three of the top five teams so and, and Highlands at six. Um so I mean, right there, that's I mean, you I mean Highland, that's why I think Highland's in no matter what. I think Highland did enough in the first six games, and I think that Highland will beat Castile to finish seven and three. I think Highland's in no matter what. Are they an eight seed? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe they get dealt Chandler right away again or Hamilton, depending on how that game goes. Um, but speaking of Highland, Basha plays Highland to, uh this week. That's a five six matchup. Jacob, what are your thoughts on that game? Who comes out with the W? Um, I think it's actually going to be a very physical game. I think yep. Highland's line will be the difference. If Highland's offensive line is as good as advertised, I personally haven't seen them, so I don't know. I'm just assuming based mm-hmm. on what I've seen from film. But if they're as good as advertised, 
you know, you saw Basha last week. You you had some words to say about them after their game against Mountain Point. If yep. Highland is physically dominating Basha, I wouldn't be surprised if Highland pulled it out. Now, granted, yeah. Highland has struggled the past two weeks in a row offensively, only putting yeah. up 14 against O'Connor, who has a really solid defense, only putting up 27, and had to really eke one out in that fourth quarter against Perry this past week. Yep. So Highland can't come out flat if they want to have a chance to win this game. But Basha, man. Basha is one Talent of those everywhere. teams we've said all year they are one of the three teams that – well, at the time, one of the three teams. Now there, you could say four or five, but one mm-hmm. of those teams where you could lose to them and it doesn't necessarily hurt you. Yep. They have, like you said, they have talent all around. I mean, Day Day Buchanan is dominating out of the backfield. You have Demond Williams, who is he's like an artist. The way he's using the field as his canvas, the way he's painting this beautiful Basha offense. You have Cole yeah. Martin, the all-around athlete, who I'm, is so amazing to watch. I've seen him two times play in person. So amazing to watch. But yep. with all that being said, I I think it's going to be closer than people expect. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen this talk on Twitter. Highland's going to get blow out, blown out these n- next three games. I think this is the game where highland it's going to come down to probably that final five minutes and i think basher will eke one out but i wouldn't be surprised if highland pulled one off right on yeah I um, be a blowout. yeah i don't it's not gonna be a blowout if it's a blowout i'll be very very surprised um one other very big matchup obviously is chandler the number one seed versus number three queen creek hamilton at seven no is off this week so the huskies kind of get a chance to you know, relax first off, which is nice for the point that they're at because they haven't had a break since that ridiculous Gorman game. Um, but Jacob, before we get into what Queen Creek and Chandler is going to look like this week, there's one more comment I want to show you, and I want you to answer this question because, to be honest, I kind of agree with it. If Queen Creek and Liberty were to be played again, Liberty would win that game. Liberty is a, a very, very good football program. I think it's even. It's 50-50. I, I, think, I think if these two teams played 10 times, it could very well, in your point, Eric, be 5-5. I think they're very even. Well, I was at the game on Friday night. I saw firsthand Liberty. I was talking to Cody Cameron about this, mm-hmm. and he said it himself. He said Liberty is one of the most physical teams in the state. He had them up there in Chandler and Hamilton and Highland in terms of physicality. I did not expect Queen Creek to match the physicality as much as they did. Now, granted, Liberty was still very overpowering on the Mm -hmm. line. Uh, Mikhail Gardner, the defensive end, uh, Cody and I wrote about him in our game recap. He was a game changer. I mean, no offense to Queen Creek when Sebastian Tomlin had to throw the ball. He was getting rushed out of the pocket very fast because Garner was just bullying through that line. I could, I, I am in the same boat as you two. I really feel like it's 50-50. I know guys are going to make the jokes. I'm celebrity and all that. I'm very happy with how that Queen Creek team played because 
I didn't know what to expect. I mean, but to see a run first team come out in the second half the way that they did and just absolutely gash Liberty's defense the way that they did, mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see how they go against Chandler this week because I don't think, you know, Chandler is a team where you can just run the ball and they're going to get so tired where you're just going to overwhelm them to the point where no. you have your way. That's where the depth Who, comes in. Yeah. Who says anyone's going to run the ball against Chandler anyway with Jacob Holmes now eligible? I mean, there you go. But I think this game has bigger implications than people may think. Mm-hmm. The because, Queen Creek Chandler one? Yeah. Because yeah, let's let's say Queen Creek loses – Cactus is on a bye this week. Whoever wins that Basha Highland game has a legitimate chance to jump up to number three in the rankings. And well, it it yeah, I was gonna say it kind of depends on what the computer does because the computer could be generous. I mean, if we're really being like super critical about that kind of thing, if Highland or Basha wins that game, technically because Hamilton's on a bye, you could make the argument that the computer is gonna put them at number two and drop Hamilton down. Well, the thing is, is that you do have a good point there because with the computer rankings, the gap between Hamilton at number two and Basha at number five is 1.5. That's the gap. And to have those three, those four teams battling out for those four spots, the gap between Cactus and Queen Creek is closer then the gap is between Queen Creek and Hamilton. So I don't know how the computer would break that out. I really am interested to see that. But, you know, that Basha-Highland game, if Highland wins, that creates a lot of confusion with the computer rankings because Highland is two whole points almost behind Basha. So now you're throwing in – it's going to become chaotic if Highland wins. I'll say that, and Queen Creek yeah. loses. Um, comment from Mister Gridiron Arizona uh, at halftime. Ooh. Cody said Liberty was the number three team in the state. That, but wasn't that also when Liberty was winning? Like, wasn't that like a twelve zero or fourteen zero ball game? Something. Like yeah, that? it was a twelve zero game, and yeah, I, I talked about it in the game recap. It honestly should have been twenty eight nothing. Liberty yeah. got all the way down to the one-yard line, and Jaquan Anderson, the sophomore running back, he got absolutely lit up at the one-yard line. And from the video I had and from what I saw on the field, he looked like he was down, but they called it a fumble, and Queen Creek mm-hmm. recovered, and that stopped Liberty from scoring, and Queen Creek didn't capitalize. But that was right near the end of the second quarter, and I really believe – Queen Creek forcing that turnover gave them the spark that they needed to just go on the run that they did. Yeah, right on. Um, Jacob, we talked open. Um, Horizon Sawaro. Sawaro, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit closer now because, sadly, Derek English is out. I don't know what the status is on Zacchaeus Cooper. I'm hoping he's okay. I'm hoping I you never want to see these kids get injured. Never do. Yeah. Never. And I was very I told Cody this on the sideline. I was so sad to see uh you tweeting out about English getting injured and Cooper and them. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit closer now because Sawara does lose those two 
very talented players, but I'm going with Saguaro in this one. I mean, it's hard not yeah. to. They're just getting better and better. They are, yeah. And, you know, to your point, injuries are the absolute worst part of this game. Um, you know, Eric and I, we saw, you know, Brady Shuck up at NAU get hurt. We saw, I can't remember his name, Eric, but Brendan Johnson, the defensive back. He suffered a, a neck injury, um, which was obviously scary because at that point you don't want to move him. You don't want to do anything. And yeah. And you have to wheel him out on a stretcher. Like luckily saw, I've got an update on that one. Luckily I yeah. talked to coach ball yesterday and he said that Brendan's going to be okay. He's going to be able to walk and everything like cool. that. I don't know about his playing, but yeah. he's going to be, you know, he didn't have any big structural damage or anything. Like good. That. So he'll good, be, good. he'll be okay, which is a good, you thing. know, last night, in the in the Titans Bills game, we saw Chaparral alum Taylor Lewan. He he went down, had to be carted off the field on a stretcher or on a on a backboard too. Um, luckily, he gave the thumbs up, which obviously showed that he was able to move, which was great. Um, but there was also that player for the Seahawks that obviously in a very scary situation as well, kind of had that same. I want to say it was almost like that same like motion, but with his neck rather than the back that um, Ryan Shazier went through for the Steelers. It's a scary game. I mean, yeah. Jacob, you played it. You know, I played it. I broke my leg, had to get surgery. I tore two ligaments in my ankle. I still have metal plates in my leg right now. It's a scary game. It's the, the risk you the take. Point. It's the risk you take. Exactly. And maybe you're not always acknowledging it. Um, and sometimes you don't realize what risk you're yeah. putting yourselves in unless it actually happens. But, yeah. you know, anytime you step on a field of any sort, uh, and especially, you know, a football field or some of these really physical games, you're you're making a contract that this could happen. Um, yeah, you never exactly. want it to. And most people don't get injured, but there's a lot who do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jacob, let's switch gears now. Um, you wrote a uh, a column type for Arizona Varsity uh, about DeAndre Ayton and that whole situation. And for those of you that do not know. Uh, the Suns and DeAndre Ayton have kind of passed, not kind of, they have passed that deadline to offer rookie, basically, max extensions or extension in general. DeAndre Ayton wanted the max. From what I heard, the Suns did not offer the max, and no deal got done, which essentially allows DA now at the end of next season or this season now because they start tomorrow to become a restricted free agent where the Suns could potentially lose him. Jacob, your thoughts. And if you haven't already, please go to ArizonaVarsity.com to read that. I will actually drop the link right now in a banner. Give me one second, Jacob. Jacob Saliga. Well, if I'm going to be very honest with you, I am very disappointed with how the Suns have handled this situation. The news that is coming out now is that James Jones, the general manager, and Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, did not even attempt to offer a deal to DeAndre Ayton because they knew he wanted the max and wasn't going to take anything less than that. And rightfully so. DeAndre Ayton, let's, let's go back 10, 11 years ago to 2010, the late spring, early summer of 2010, when Kobe Bryant knocked the Phoenix Suns out of the Western Conference Finals. That started basically the rebuild for the Suns because you had Amari Stoudemire, who left in free agency to go to the Knicks. And the Suns, they were the ninth seed the following year. 
and were the 13 for 12 seed the following year, and Steve Nash left in free agency. And the roster was completely different than the one that I grew up watching, the ones that you two, I'm sure, were watching at the time. I mean, mm -hmm. let's see. I was only, what, seven, eight, nine years old what, during that time period? God, you're making so, me feel so old, man. Stop it. But, hey, I mean, the Suns, the Suns during that time period up until they drafted Devin Booker, I think it was in 2015, they gave up on talent so early. I mean, Goran Dragic, look at what he's become now. He's an all he's become an all-star player with the Heat. Now he's in Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. They gave up Isaiah Thomas instead of instead of giving up Brandon Knight. And Isaiah Thomas became an all NBA player. I think it was 2015 or 16 when he was an MVP candidate. Uh Eric Bledsoe became an all defensive player. I mean just to see the Suns be so willing to give up on a big man at a position that is so weak in the NBA now, this early because he wants a max contract when Michael Porter Jr., the Denver Nuggets, the number three option on the Nuggets, is getting the exact same offer he's wanting while DeAndre Ayton is better than him in terms statistically rebounding-wise, defensive-wise. And Aiton dominated him in the postseason this past year. I just don't get it. I, I'm genuinely – this is the first time I've ever been angry at an organization for just what they're pulling right now. And I'm a Bears fan. That's That should show you how bothered I am by this right now. I mean like – What bothers you more, Rex Grossman or this? <laughs> They both bother me for different reasons. They both bother me for different reasons. But no, I mean, think about it. 2018 NBA draft. If you go back to that draft class right now, top two players from that draft class, and you can debate one or two, is Trey Young and Luka Doncic. Then number three, I'm putting DeAndre Aiden ahead of Shea Gilgis-Alexander or Michael Porter Jr. I mean, that's just me, though. But... Right, I mean, this is a kid who say what you want about what Hillcrest Prep is or whatever you want to say about that. Still technically in Phoenix, still in the Valley. Went to school at U of A. Got drafted by the Suns. I mean, yes, he started off school in California and San Diego, but like he's been in Phoenix now for the past was it two plus about last six years at the least. Mm -hmm. I mean, this yeah. is. He's an Arizona guy. I, I'm going to call him that. I mean, just last season, he showed his worth. He showed it in the bubble. He showed it in his second season. I mean, heck, even in the NBA Finals, Giannis shot over 70% when guarded by every other player on the Suns. When DeAndre Aiden guarded him, that percentage dropped to 52.8%. And all these people want to be like, oh, Giannis dominated Aiton. Giannis did this. Giannis did that. Giannis had one of the most historic performances in NBA history during the finals. So the argument that Aiton got dominated, I don't necessarily agree with that just because Aiton was the best defender on him. Not Jay Crowder, who had the duty of guarding LeBron in the finals the year before for the Heat. 
not Mikhail Bridges, who they just paid four years, $90 million before DeAndre Ayton. You know, I'm just – just to see yeah. them pay Bridges and then play pay Landry Shamit, who hasn't even played a game for the Suns yet, before DeAndre Ayton, I, I, I'm angry right now. I agree. I think I think it's fair. I do agree with you. I mean, I think. Okay, I have another question for you. What makes you angrier? Four starting games in 2011 of Caleb Haney or this? (laughs) You did you really just bring up Caleb Haney? I'll tell you this. How about five games from Chad Hutchinson? You're such a clown. How about this? What was it? I think I'm going to go with however many games of Mike Lennon before Trubisky. Yep. It's been fun, man. Remember how much people – remember how excited people were for when Jay Cutler first came there? Like that was going to be the biggest thing in the world when Jay Cutler came to the Bears. Like before he even played a game, he had the highest-selling jersey. The Bears were going to be saved. I can't say much. I though. had a Cutler I, I, jersey. Yeah. Oh, everybody that liked Chicago did. Um, it was the highest selling jersey. I, I mean, I root for the Minnesota Vikings. Our quarterbacks have not been that much better. We yeah, had a didn't lot you of say you had a Brad Johnson jersey. I had a Brad Johnson jersey three years after he left the team because they were selling them for ten bucks at the stadium for players <laughs> that weren't there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there, and the guy that was the guy's thing. He's like, no one needs to know that you just bought it now. Hey, my one of my first Lions jerseys I purchased. Um, actually, no, not the first one, but my first like authentic, like I spent big money on it. You know, was Ziggy Ansah. Guess how long I had the jersey before he wasn't on the team anymore? <laughs> couple weeks. Yep, hundred percent. Couple weeks. I remember when Randy Moss was near the end. He signed for one week with the Vikings. Everybody bought Randy Moss jerseys because they're yeah. like, oh, this is our guy. And then a week later, he was traded and wasn't he on the team. Oh, he traded, traded, yeah, traded. Yeah. So going yeah. back to the thing, I, I agree with you, Jacob. I would pay. Yeah. I mean, it's not my money, but I think DeAndre <laughs> is a guy who deserves um, a, a max contract um, for what yeah. he's able to get. It's about leverage. Um, I think that – Without him, it'd be really hard to make this run. He's such a pivotal part defensively um, and getting rebounds and everything like that. And he's still developing an offensive game. The kid's, what, 21 years old or something like that? 20? Yeah. yeah. Maybe 22? Um, I don't don't know. But his offensive game isn't fully developed yet because he's that age. You know, until 10 years ago, Nobody but the absolute top-tier players were even starting to play in the league until this age, much less, you know, having a fully developed game. It wasn't until, you know, LeBron and KG and some of these absolute anomalies who had skipped college and then recently the one-and-done. Um, but he's got a lot of room to grow, and you're paying him for the potential. Um, yeah. And knowing that that defense and rebounding is still going to be there and that he's going to eventually start putting up more consistent points and developing better post moves and things like that. I think he's so crucial to that team. And you can tell how much it mm. means to him to be part of that squad. When, yeah. I, 
when I was doing my research for this for this piece, last season only 11 centers averaged 10 or more rebounds per game. Aiden was one of them. That was the lowest amount. I didn't. I forgot the exact year, but it was late in the 1960s when you had Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell. It, that's almost 50 years. That's oh, about 50 years plus. Yes. You know, the center position, like some certain cold media members would say, um, is not important now. It's not that valuable. And I'm really bothered by that because the top two MVP candidates last year were Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. I don't the, think that's a valid argument that big men don't mean anything. No. Like, like this yeah. whole this whole notion that oh the game has changed yes the game has changed it's been a perimeter centric game now but Nikola Jokic won MVP shooting six threes a game but also averaging twelve rebounds a game also averaging two blocks a game Rudy Gobert uh, top three in the league in rebounds defensive player in the year back to back years now I'm just just saying a center is a very valuable piece and there's not that many centers averaging the amount of rebounds he does and his offensive game is only going to get better so rebounds rebounds will always be important um defense will always be important the big man position has changed um you know you didn't you never saw a guy like Giannis until this dude showed up but Big men have just become more mobile and things like that. Think about this. LeBron James, if he had played 20 years ago, would have been a four standing in the paint. He's the same size as Carl Malone. Same size as Carl yeah. Malone. And exactly. what did Carl Malone do? Set a pick and roll and roll to the basket. Or turn stole. and put his hand up like this at the block. He literally yeah. stole the 1997 MVP from Michael Jordan by doing that. Yeah, and that's, I mean, he was a great player, but what I'm saying is just because big men are, um, you know, playing a different game, you don't see as many guys who, like, you know, before before he now became a three-point shooter, Brooke Lopez used to be the guy standing on the block calling for the ball. Yeah. Um, you don't see as many of those just absolute traditional post-up players. We saw uh, Jill Okafer in college did that a little bit for Duke, mm-hmm. but um, we don't see that anymore. But that doesn't mean that the big men don't matter. Um, and even if they're not able to play the same offensive level as Nikola Jokic or, you know, Embiid, who is still kind of a uh, an anomaly, they they still matter. And you need to have somebody to anchor your defense. And even a team like the Warriors who were perimeter-oriented and didn't have a traditional big man. Draymond Green was an incredible defender of opposing big men and just because he was an undersized big man but he played a huge role in that squad like yeah. the, the idea that a big man doesn't matter doesn't make sense to me and so i think ayton yeah. ayton deserves ayton deserves the money oh yeah Jacobs. Oh, yeah. So i was gonna say you wrote a really good piece i don't want you to to you know like give it all away right now we gotta we gotta get things wrapped up a little bit here i think we've been going a little bit too long but uh, yeah we gotta get people to click on your story too yeah exactly we don't want to just have them just listen to here we don't want to spoil everything uh but jacob one final point go for it uh i was at game one of the nba finals i literally spent an entire paycheck to send the nosebleeds and i watched deandre ayton score 22 points and have 19 rebounds 
the best game of his young career. I've seen him live. I've seen what Chris Paul and Devin Booker and them do when DeAndre Ayton is able to suck in the defense into the paint and dominate the way that he does. I no offense to anybody who doesn't think he should deserve the money. I was going to games during the Tyler Eulis, Archie Goodwin days. I was going to those games where they had those ugly orange jerseys with the sleeves, you know, like the one Mr. Orange wears. You know, love that yep. guy. But like I I I this is the team. I'm not from Arizona. But this was the team that when I came here, I fell in love with. I was always watching. I always followed along with. I've, I've waited long enough to get a team to become this dominant, to have the chance at the championship they have. I don't want to see this chance get spoiled because Chris Paul is so old and DeAndre Ayton may leave because he doesn't get the money he deserves. And you leave Booker empty-handed again. Just be sad to see. Yeah, get Dragon Bender back. Alex Lynn. Exactly, Don't forget about Alex yeah, Lynn. That's, that's exactly what we want. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, again, thank you for joining us. Um, again, please go and uh, look at his article on Arizona Varsity on the front page right now, front and center. Uh, he did a good job with that, a good column. So uh, definitely go give that a read. And obviously, if you'd like to, then subscribe because it helps all of us. Um, Jacob, thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate it. I have the power of chili from now on. I get to remove you from the stream. So it feels so good, man. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie about that. Um, Eric, to wrap things up, best thing that you ate in the last week, as we usually do every single week, what was yours? I had a, a one that may surprise you. Um, I actually am going with a stadium pretzel. Believe I like it. Okay. It wasn't amazing. Like okay. it was a stadium pretzel. I had yeah. it today at the Coconino volleyball game. Okay. But I'm going to tell you why it was so good. It's the best stadium pretzel I've ever had. Really? From a high school? Yeah. And every stadium pretzel is the same. They're all from that frozen okay. thing. And they put them in that stupid little warmer thing. And it's super, yeah. it's too salty. And a lot of them get dried out. But this mm. one had a specific thing that I enjoyed about it. And it was, they had some pretzels with salt and some pretzels with cinnamon. Um, okay. And the one I got was salt, but behind it was a cinnamon one and they were barely touching. So the, so <laughs> when they were cooking, so the back of the salt pretzel had a little, just a tiny little bit of cinnamon that rot that came off from the, the cinnamon okay. one behind it. Yeah. And so on one side, if you bit, you could get the salty and on the other side, you could get the, the cinnamon. And so I would bite one side separately. And I spent way too much time actually like taking different bites of this stupid stadium pretzel that by itself wasn't even that good, but it was just the, the uniqueness of it. So yeah. best stadium okay. pretzel I've had. And uh, this one you didn't rip out of my hand. No. Oh, yeah. Running joke there. All right. For me, I got two. First off, it was the, uh, the Chinese place that we went to. That was really good. In Flagstaff. It was very good. Uh, shout out to Cody for telling us about that place. The second one, carne asada burrito bowl. From where? Homemade. 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 Big slab of carne asada. And obviously, I, it's my meal prep for the week. So cut it up, 
Spanish rice, peppers, some green salsa. Oh, I just hit my mic. Green salsa, phenomenal. Probably going to go eat that in a second when we're done. Here. Love it. Sounds great. <laughs> it's awesome, man. All right. Wrapping things up. Our sponsor, All.net. Uh, obviously, Papa Hinojosa has been our good friend for quite a while now. He's a sponsor of not only us here on the Take It Easy Sports Show, but all of Arizona Varsity as well. We couldn't do any of this without him. Um, Arizona focused for almost 40 years. There's 30 value locations for all of your home, auto, and commercial needs. They're the most referred agency in Arizona for insurance, and they're focused on finding the right insurance for you for the right price. Eric, we're mostly a high school show. Why is insurance so important for some of these families, some of these kids listening? You know, there are a lot of kids that are driving for the first time. Um, yep. They're getting their licenses, whether you get them a car or they're taking out the family vehicle to go visit their friends or, you know, just getting to and from practice or whatever. Um, you need quality insurance for your kids. Rates can super be hiked up um, mm -hmm. with some agencies and they're going to find you the ones that give you a fair price for, you know, your kids and uh, the family and the young ones in the family. Uh, it makes yep. a big difference. All.net. That is A-A-L-L dot net. A-A-L-L.net or give them a call 602-233-3333. Tell us or tell them, I should say, all of Arizona Varsity sent you over. Again, that phone number 602-233-3333. Thank you again to all.net for sponsoring all of us. Eric, it was our second live broadcast show. I think it went pretty well. We had yeah, Jacob on. We talked a lot about football, obviously, because that's you know kind of the dominant thing right now. Um a lot of very exciting games this week, and we have a lot to talk about next week, obviously, with the Open Division rankings. Uh, volleyball, uh, golf, swim and dive, cross country, those are all wrapping up here in the next couple weeks. So we have a lot 1A to talk about. 1A football starts its playoffs this week. 1A football starts playoffs this week. So uh, definitely a lot coming up. It's an exciting time. It's gone by super fast, but it's very exciting. So with that being said, thank you all, as always, for listening. And uh, tuning in if you're, you know, obviously on the live show and, and listening if you're listening to the podcast portion of this uh, releasing in the next day or two, probably. Um, yeah, Eric and I appreciate you. I, mean, I know I'm speaking for Eric right now, but I know that's exactly what he would say. Uh, once again, thank you all for listening and we will talk to you all next week. Jeez. No, seriously, don't say that to me. <laughs>